Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Clay, Dante, back to Clay, dribbles in, throws out Curry for three, and short, DiVincenzo, saved it to Thompson, corner three, got it! With 20.7 to go, it's 112 to 110. Yeah, incredible bucket there on what was an improbable run for the Warriors over the final three, four minutes of this one as they trailed 112 to 101 and would rally to score nine straight points, make it 112 to 110. Clay Thompson with a couple of chances, including a wide open look from the top of the key from three to win the game following a jump ball and that uh, air ball three by Curry, which turned into uh, an offensive rebound in that clay fade away as we welcome you in here to Warriors wrap up on a Sunday night on 95.7 the game. It's John Dickinson with you. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text as the Warriors lose to the Nuggets tonight, 112 to 110. And we'll get into all of the different scenarios that now the Warriors find themselves in as this really was a missed opportunity in a game that the Warriors started off excellently in. They they were gifted, and, and let's just start with prior to the game. The Warriors were gifted a, a night in which, due to injury, Nikola Jokic, who had two triple-doubles in two head-to-head matchups against the Warriors this season, was not going to play. That That made this game infinitely more winnable for the Warriors uh, compared to had he had been in the the lineup. And the Warriors came out and they played like a team that really wanted to grab this one and continue their stronghold on separating themselves from the play-in tournament as they came in in fifth, but just a tick up on the Clippers. Again, we'll get into all the standings and where things sit right now, but it was a great start for the Dubs, 36-26 into the first quarter. And the Warriors really were in command of this thing until the middle of the second quarter and the Nuggets with a a big run late in the half and they were able to trim a majority of that lead away. The 10-point lead was down to three at the half and then in the third quarter, Denver really trying to take the three ball away, collapse the defense in the paint, protect the rim and, and the Nuggets who hadn't led since it was 2-0, got their first lead at 73-71, and then took the game over from there. And the Warriors, I think, lost this game 
in a couple of different areas. They lost it when they took their foot off the gas a little bit, lost focus, whatever, uh, in that mid-second quarter to allow the Nuggets to be a hell of a lot closer in, in the game than it felt like they probably should have been going in at the half. And then the Warriors, I think, also lost the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter as the Warriors had gone from three up to two down going to the fourth quarter. And Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green were all on the floor together at the beginning of the fourth quarter to prevent the game from getting away in that moment, and the game got away from the Warriors in that moment. They got down seven, Curry got subbed out, and the Nuggets went on an 8-3, 6 nothing run there in that first three minutes to go up seven. Nuggets would push it all the way up to the 11-point lead at 112-101 to before the Warriors had the, the furious rally in the final three minutes, which gave themselves a chance. But ultimately, uh, the Warriors unable to take advantage of the gift that was given to them by the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic sitting out in this one to try and get himself healthy and, and ready to roll for the playoffs. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to participate in the program, again, either via text or via the phone lines here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors now 41-38, and 38, and that puts them back into a tie with the Clippers as things sit right now. So both the Clippers and Warriors 41-38. and 38. The Warriors, though, with that 38th loss, they join a group of teams now that is at 38 losses. Now, four teams with 38 losses. So you've got the Clippers and Warriors, 41 and 38, 5 and 6. You've got the Lakers and Pelicans now, 40 and 38, uh, with them both having uh, a couple of games to go here, uh, four games to go for both of those teams. The Clippers and Warriors have three games to go. But the 38 losses is the key because now the Warriors need help to avoid the play-in tournament even if they win the final three games on the season. So they can get to 44 and 38. The Clippers and Lakers, one of those two teams, can get to 44 and 38. They play each other, so one cannot get to 44 and 38 because one will lose. Those two teams play each other on Wednesday in Los Angeles. And then the Pelicans, with the games that they have remaining, can also get to 41 and 38. So the Warriors are going to need a couple of those teams to lose if the Warriors are going to win out. Otherwise, they risk now finding themselves in a three-way tie, which could put them potentially down into the play-in tournament. Or if they end up losing that game in Sacramento, even if they lose, uh, even if they beat OKC in Portland, over two of the last three, uh, that would still find the Warriors in a spot where, depending upon what happens with everybody else, they could still be on the outside looking in at the top six and playing for their life, basically, on April 11th in in the play-in tournament. Uh, One bit of good news, I suppose, was given the way everything else played out today with Dallas losing and and everything, the Warriors now know that they for sure will be at least in the play-in tournament. But man, tonight is just another one of these gut punches where it looks like the Warriors are going to be able to to get off the schneid and, and overcome some of the things that have really plagued them all season long, whether it's the turnovers or the bad shots or the lack of focus or just some empty possessions and shoddy defense. Uh, The second chance points were helping the Warriors in this game in a a big way for a good chunk of it. 
but that faucet got turned off in the in the second half, and, and really the Nuggets over the second, third, and fourth quarters, right up until the Warriors made that furious run in the final three minutes, that the Nuggets were the better team for a better chunk of the game without the Nuggets having their their best player. Uh, I, I also thought the Warriors, you know, they they looked they looked a little fatigued tonight, and it's it's no excuse. But it, it's just a fact. I mean, Steph Curry, 8 of 28, not good enough tonight for Steph. Klay Thompson, 9 of 28, not good enough tonight for Klay Thompson. Wide open look to try and steal a win, and that would have been an all-time steal. That would have been the makeup game, basically, for the one back in December where the Warriors gave up a four-point lead in the final 10 to 13 seconds in Salt Lake City and lost that game by a point. This would have been the, the oh, those games even out type of a game for the Warriors had they been able to get it. But Clay misses the three, gets his own rebound, yet Steph calling for the ball. Clay goes up for the second attempt, ends up getting blocked, and the Nuggets escape with the 112 to 110 victory uh, over the Warriors. But uh, really, you know, the other thing, and we'll hear from Steve Kerr, we're going to hear from Dante DiVincenzo as well. But the other part of this thing for me is, you know, this isn't really about fixing things or finding a focus. Like, like there's three games to go in the season for crying out loud. There's three games to go. So this is who this team is. They could have won tonight. They could have lost tonight. They could have won if they had played better after the first quarter than they did. They could have won if they had made one or two more plays down the stretch to where maybe their comeback ultimately leads them to a victory. But but this isn't about big picture stuff anymore as far as, you know, why does this team not have a focus or why does this team, you know, let their foot off the gas or whatever? Like, this is it's about winning every game you can period of these final 3 and now because of the outcome tonight and some of the other outcomes and really the Lakers and Pelicans have have made this thing uh, hurt for the Warriors uh, to where you know all of those losses that the Warriors had earlier in the year have now put them in a spot where the Lakers and Pelicans are both coming in in a big way they're both hot and they're both right there on the heels of the, the Clippers and the Warriors, and they are forcing the Warriors to have to win more of these games than maybe it would have looked like they were going to have to win to stay in the top six even a week ago. And so the Warriors now find themselves find themselves fighting for their life, to quote former head coach Mark Jackson, as far as trying to avoid that play-in tournament scenario and avoid the, the three-way tie scenarios that, that might put uh, the Warriors in, in that position. But yeah, I, I thought tonight, kind of in the big picture landscape of things, it was just it was telling in that the Warriors, I thought, came out and played pretty well. I thought the Nuggets getting some of their starters back into their lineup after resting some guys the last couple of games that have been banged up, even without Jokic, and we talked about this on Warriors Live, the fact that the Warriors you know, would would get a Nuggets team that was disjointed at least at the start, and that was exactly the team that the, that the Warriors got. A disjointed Nuggets team. Warriors came out, buttoned up. They hit four of eight from three in the early going. They wound up hitting five of 37 from three over the final three quarters, and that's just not going to do it. You know, when, when The Warriors are just not going to win games when they don't shoot the three ball well, even if the opposition doesn't shoot the three ball well, and neither team did tonight. Both teams making single digits in terms of, of three-pointers. But, but as far as that big-picture point on the Warriors, it's just the, the notion that 
you know, the Warriors were playing pretty well early. The Nuggets, I thought, were awful and disjointed and trying to figure out how they had to play with the group they had and getting everybody back into the lineup. And yet you look up toward the end of the half you know, as the second quarter is winding down, and the game was close. And I, and I was thinking to myself, man, like this is really telling as to where this Warriors team is right now in that they're, they're playing pretty well. They're, they're out hustling the Nuggets. The Nuggets are out of sync. They were hitting shots early. You know, they were getting these second-chance opportunities. They were attacking the basket. Like The Warriors were doing all of these things really well, and it was still, oh, God, you look up, Warriors are up five. Warriors are up three at the half, and I thought, yeah, they just – and this has been such a thing all year long. They just can't shake anybody like they used to. Like, they just can't shake anybody. They can't reaffirm a lead once a team makes a run to get back into the game. And once the Nuggets got back into the game and it was only a three-point game at halftime, basically the game started over. And from that point on, the Nuggets were clear-cut the better team. And we basically saw the Warriors team that we've seen in a lot of these other road losses for a good two, two-and-a-half quarters of this one tonight. You add it all up, and it's why the Warriors find themselves uh, in the position they are in as, you know, whether they won or lost, though, it was kind of one of those games where it just felt like, you know, man, this Warriors team is just, they're just not as good as they used to be as they're currently constituted without Wiggins and, and trying to cobble it together with the with the group uh, that they have. And, of course, the Nuggets are a much better team this season than they were last season, even if you factor Jokic out of the equation. You know, the rest of the pieces, whether it's Murray and Porter and Bruce Brown and and others, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope. This is a much better Nuggets team than than the one that obviously the Warriors knocked out with two of their three best players not even playing in the in that playoff series going back to to the spring of of 2022. So eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The game. It's John Dickinson with you here. We'll keep it rolling until. About 9.30 or so here on this Sunday as the Warriors now find themselves 41-38, and 38, which currently is sixth in the Western Conference. They're tied for fifth with the Clippers. Clippers own the tiebreaker, although the tiebreaker between those two, if it's just those two that wind up being in a tie, has still yet to formally be determined, but the Clippers have it now by better division record and in all likelihood if those two teams wind up tied alone that the Clippers would have the tiebreaker over the Warriors but once you get into and we'll do this between now and 930 once you start to get into the three-way tiebreakers and and even a four-way tiebreaker if it winds up being let's say the Clippers uh, Warriors uh, and, and that's unlikely I, and I should stop short of that at this point but a three-way tiebreaker and a four-way tiebreaker just so you know the, the initial tiebreaker is based on the head-to-head matchups among that entire group collectively. So if you wind up in a three-way tie with the Warriors, Clippers, and Pelicans, it's whoever has the best record head-to-head among the games played by those three teams against each other. If, if the Clippers wind up out of the equation and it's the Warriors, Lakers, and Pelicans, it's the same thing. It, it becomes the best records in a three-way tie between those three teams head-to-head. So you'd start to factor in. And again, I've got all the numbers for you. We'll get them between now and and 9.30. And obviously they can change here 
uh, over the course of the last week a little bit because the Lakers and Clippers are still going to play each other. Although, again, one of those teams is going to wind up losing one more game. But the, the simplest way to put it is the Warriors are going to need two of the other three teams that are sitting at 38 to take a loss here over the course of the final week, and the Warriors at that point would have to win out. If the Warriors don't win out, they'd have to have a couple of these teams take multiple losses to avoid potentially being in that that multi-team tiebreaker where a lot of different things can, can shake out. And the Warriors, of course, have Oklahoma City at Chase on Tuesday, and, and they're all really must-wins at this point. They're all must-wins. The margin for error has been gone. It's especially gone now for this Warriors team. But, yeah, you, you look at it as far as that goes, and you got to win. You got to win against OKC on Tuesday, and you got to win in Sacramento in all likelihood on, on Friday, and then you got to win in Portland a week from today in the afternoon, and then you let the chips fall where they may. The one thing you do know is the Lakers and Clippers play each other, so one of those teams is going to lose. One of the, the loser of that game on Wednesday would be knocked out from being able to tie the Warriors if the Warriors end up winning the final three games. But then beyond that, obviously it gets more convoluted and you've still got the Timberwolves and the Thunder and other teams that are below them that are trying to to fight and scratch and, and claw their way back into uh, the equation uh, at the bottom end of that that play in tournament. So 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game, 2-4-0 on the Comcast Business Text Line. JD, the altitude affected shooters tonight, plus Steph, Clay, and Dre gifting the opposition possessions. Uh, that That is, I think the altitude was a factor, but them's the breaks. I mean, that's, that's just the way it goes. You know, I, you, know you, you wind up in this spot, and, you know, were the Warriors a little bit tireder tonight going to Denver off of a game against San Antonio because they didn't put San Antonio away on Friday night at Chase to where they had to work a little bit harder at that point to, you know, maybe they had a little less in the tank tonight as the game went on because that game wound up being, hey, you're trailing going to the fourth quarter and you have to put a thumping on them in the fourth quarter to to, to take care of that game. Is it part age? Is it part just the, the nature of having to, to play so hard for so many more minutes and be effective for so many more minutes? Like that's something that like bigger picture stands out just this whole season. The, the Warriors' big three has to play better this season than they've had to play in any other season for a bigger chunk of the game to carry the Warriors to victory. And, and you know, whereas a, a decent run at any point in the game for 8 to 12 minutes in the past would be good enough to put a game away to where you could hang on and do just enough down the stretch or in the second half. That that Those days have been long gone, and they reared their ugly head again for the Warriors in this one tonight. All right, let's get to Adrian in Danville. Up first here tonight on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven the game. What's going on, Adrian? Oh, how you doing? I was just good. You know, it's like I mean, Curry and Clay, they just they didn't shoot right. I mean, they were off, and obviously, you know, against Denver, I mean, they're not going to have much of a chance with those two being off. Also, like the minutes, I don't understand some of the minutes. I mean. You know, Kaminga and Jordan Poole didn't really play. I mean, well, I mean, Kaminga played 22, but 
I didn't watch the whole game on and off. I was kind of, but Jordan Poole only played like 17 minutes or something like that. And he had like, or 19 minutes, 17 points. How come he didn't play more or maybe I was missing something or what? No, he uh, he didn't. He he only played nineteen tonight, and and he only played nineteen in part because Divincenzo played thirty one, and Divincenzo was the Warriors' best player on the floor tonight. He was a plus twelve. He had eighteen points. He was eight of twelve shooting. He was seven of eight on twos. He was attacking. He had thirteen rebounds. Like Dante Divincenzo was the Warriors' best player tonight. Well, if Dante Divincenzo is going to play thirty two. Steph and Clay are going to play their norm, and they did. And I thought Steve Kerr changed the rotation a little bit for Steph because Steph was was gassed at times. So I think the question you're asking yourself, Adrian, and thanks for the call, the question you're asking yourself at this point is, you know, would, would you have wanted to see a little more Jordan Poole and Steph play? You know, and and if if that's the case, then good luck because you know Steph Curry's going to play Steph and Clay and ride or die with the championship core, and that's what happened tonight. And whether it's fatigue or attrition or altitude or just an off night, however you want to chalk it up, Steph and Clay weren't good enough tonight. Two of fourteen from three for Steph tonight. That's not good enough. Like point blank, bottom line, end of story. Two of fourteen from three when you lose by two isn't good enough. Five of sixteen and and Clay just chucking tonight isn't good enough. And so, you know, I always look at the best players first in these nights, especially these nights where you're playing one of the one of the big teams in the NBA, even without their their superstar. And you just have to look, point you know, just say it. Did Steph play well enough tonight for the Warriors to win? Answer to that question is no. Did Clay play well enough tonight for the Warriors to win? Answer to that question is no. Did Draymond play well enough tonight for the Warriors to win? Answer to that question is no, with four turnovers and four points and, and two of seven and and, you know, he had his boards and he had his assists and all that when things were, were clicking. But Draymond had one of the worst defensive possessions you'll, you'll ever see in, in, in the game tonight as the Nuggets were on their, their run in the second half and overhelping to the point where the Nuggets get an easy dunk at the rim. I mean, it just – the big three are – and I go back to something that Joe Lacob said. The big three are going to determine how, how far this team goes or doesn't go. Right, he he said that going into last year, he kind of doubled down on it in the off season, and you know I know fans always want to make it about the others when this team doesn't get done, but tonight it was about the big three, just just not being good enough. You know the bench did what they had to do, I thought for the most part in this game, although. Uh, you know the Nuggets did make up a little bit of ground in the second half, but the Warriors ended up 36-31 advantage in in bench points. Warriors got to the free throw line more than Denver did, which is something that's always been a a, a bugaboo for this team. 17 of 17 at the free throw line for the Warriors. They just didn't make enough shots, and and I think took too many bad ones from about the middle of the second quarter until the end of the night. And when you do that, you have to be perfect in the final three minutes when you're down double digits. And the Warriors almost pulled it off. To their credit, they almost pulled it off. But when you take a step back and you look at them not being able to pull it off, I think you have to have the clarity to realize, all right, tonight they weren't good enough, and now they have to accept and deal with the position that they find themselves in now among this group of teams that that all have 38 losses with the Clippers, now Lakers, and Pelicans. Robin in San Francisco next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on tonight, Robin? 
JD, I just want to say I can't believe someone actually called in and asked why Paul didn't play as much. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? He's not getting blamed. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Dante was in there because let's just face it. I mean, he's better defensively as well, and and so I, you know, Kerr is putting the player out there, given what he's got within the matchups. You know what I mean? And um, Paul, you know, was a defensive liability uh, on some possessions. Although, you know, I'm I'm a big, it's not that I'm a big Jordan Poole supporter, but I just hate when, you know, someone's being scapegoated. So I, I, I tend to take up for the underdog. But I thought he played really well, too. Um, but let's talk about their transition defense. It was so horrible, J.D. It was unbearable to watch at times. Just wide open dunk after dunk after dunk. And you're right. I don't care anything about altitude or anything. It's the big three or whatever. I hate that big three. But it's the it's our it's our core, our championship. They're the ones who have to get it done. Because quite frankly, our bench is too inconsistent and it and they have to be good to, 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 to rally that bench on. And and they just they just look disjointed. They look like they were playing pickup to me on offense out there. Peace out, J.D., and thank you for your time as always. Bye-bye. Yeah, no, I pre- appreciate it, Robin. And, yeah, you look at the bench tonight. I mean, I just kind of going man for man in, on, on the bench. I thought Kaminga was fine. I thought Jordan Poole was fine. But, again, he had 17 points, and he was he was getting to the basket, 7 of 10 on his, on his twos, and he got to the free throw line a couple of times. Lamb wasn't very good tonight. You know, the, the guy who really didn't have it tonight was Gary Payton the second, and I thought Steve Kerr knew it and went away from him. Something was off about Gary Payton the second. I don't know whether he didn't have the juice or maybe he was feeling a little bit banged up. Whatever it is, Gary Payton the second just didn't look as, as bouncy tonight as he has in these last couple of home games, and he wasn't good. He was a minus 12. Didn't look like he was really moving all that well. And so Kerr went away from him, which I think also increased DiVincenzo's minutes, which made a lot of sense. Uh, you know, when, when you look at, at, at the night overall, again, I don't, I don't think, you know, Lamb had a couple of big offensive rebounds, another block. He had a bad turnover. But, I mean, again, he played 15 minutes. He had eight boards, too. So, yeah, you can say Lamb, it was kind of the, the typical mixed bag, but you can't throw it on him. Uh, you know, anything. You just you, you look at this thing top to bottom and you know the Warriors held their own on the boards they they got second chance points uh, outscored them there they they got points in the paint to to where they offset the the Nuggets points in the paint got out in transition a little bit I mean the Warriors did a lot of things right but you look up at the end of the night and it's it's all of the turnovers 14 of them over the final three quarters along with the bad shots along with the poor defense and just uh, you know a night where the three point shot uh, didn't didn't offset it to the point where they got to win. Warriors hit 14 15 threes tonight, they would have won the game and we'd be having a completely different conversation. So 888-957-9570 uh Dre and Lamore next here on Warriors wrap up. What's up Dre? Hey JD. Uh rough loss. It's a make or miss league and obviously the Warriors were missing tonight. I'm really concerned with some of these close games. I was, I've been pissed all week about that, that loss to Minnesota. Draymond turning the ball over and then Poole turning the ball over. A lot of turnovers today. And like you stated earlier, the team is just not good enough 
when they hold a good a big lead and another team comes back and these turnovers have got to stop. Uh, I'm going to give some props to Otto Porter Jr. tonight. He played really well. My, Michael Porter. Got- Michael Michael Porter Jr. Porter. Yeah, thank. Yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, Trey. Appreciate it. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, for for the Nuggets. Yeah, he had a really good game after a, a slow start. Him and him and Aaron Gordon, I thought, changed the game by attacking the boards and and being more physical. I mean, there was a point where Aaron Gordon manhandled Kaminga and just just took the ball away from him a couple of times and and went up for a, for a putback. And, you know, I, I thought that was a kind of a little bit of a statement that our physical was going to beat your physical and that, that the Nuggets were going to have to play a little bit more forceful than they had at, at any point uh, to that point in, in, in the night. And so I, I think you add it all up. And, you know, that that's really to me when the game changed. The Warriors let up a little bit, but the Nuggets also really increased their force in that middle of the second quarter. And it just carried through up until that three-minute mark. I mean, the Warriors basically got punked. Uh, up until that final three-minute mark where they went on the run there down 11 to be able to to rally. And a lot of that was DiVincenzo, right? Uh, the Warriors forced a couple shot clock violations. DiVincenzo had a dunk. DiVincenzo had another bucket. All of a sudden, it's a seven-point game. They get another shot clock violation. Clay hits a, a jumper to make it a five-point game. Warriors force another miss. You know, and then Curry hits the the air ball three, uh, offensive rebound goes to Clay, who hits that fadeaway from the corner that we played coming in. And all of a sudden, it's a two point game. Warriors force the jump ball, and then win the tap into a Clay wide open three, and he he rimmed it out off the back rim, and then got it back right back to him. Uh, I thought everybody made the right play on the last on the last play. I mean, you'll you'll stick with Clay Thompson getting a wide open look at a three from the top any any day of the week, but yeah, he he just didn't. Didn't hit it tonight, and the Warriors wind up losing tonight 112 to 110. So 888 All right, we'll come back. We'll get to the secret sauce of the game. We'll get to the hardest working player of the game. Phone lines open. We'll hear from Steve Kerr, and I'll get you those tiebreaker scenarios as well uh, between the teams that could end up with the same record here over the course of the last week as the Warriors fall to the Nugs 112 to 110 on 957 the game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Murray to Porter Jr. Drives by Curry. Draymond to help. Pass batted down. Stolen by Draymond. Ahead to Curry at midcourt. Curry bounce pass. Thompson gliding to the rim. A pass from half court on the bounce. And Thompson finishes 61-56. Warriors back up by five. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. All right, Warriors lose to the Nuggets. 112 to 110. They rallied from 11 down in the final three minutes to have a shot. A couple of chances to, to win the game in the final seconds, but to no avail as the Nuggets beat the Warriors. So the Warriors now 41 and 38 with three games to go. And the Warriors, to say the least, have to win all three and get a little bit of help here over the course of the next week to avoid the play in tournament. I'll lay out some of those scenarios and I've got the schedules for everybody between now and the end of the season, which wraps up a week from today, uh, coming up here between now and 9.30. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's get back to the phones here before we get to the secret sauce of the game, and that is Carlos, who joins us next year on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on tonight, Carlos? Uh, not much, man. I thank you for taking my call tonight. Um, I just want to say that the Warriors, uh, they're a great team, but they're not going to get far. I mean, if you think about it, tonight was – just a plain example, like they don't have enough firepower. And obviously, if they're going to have to win the next three straight out, they're not. They've been so inconsistent all year long. And uh, you know what? They need Draymond to re-up next year. And then let's just talk about next year because, honestly, they're not going to get, you know, if they go into the play-in, they're not going to get out of there. Yeah, they're not. And if and if they go in on, as a, a sixth seed, they're going to face the – you know, the Kings, and it's going to be a great series. But you know what? The Kings are still going to beat these guys. You know what? At the end of the day, they don't have enough to hold off these teams in the fourth quarter when it comes down to it, like two minutes left. And, you know, before the Kings, I mean, the, the Warriors used to lock down teams and show great defense. It's not there no more. It's not. And now, especially if we don't have Wiggins, bro, it's, it's done. They're like, literally, this team is done. Yeah, well, they're going to have to get Wiggins back for sure to make any kind of run. I mean, that's sort of independent of everything that we've seen. The Warriors could have won tonight, in my opinion, would be they still need Wiggins to come back and be a factor if they're going to beat anybody of consequence in the playoffs. And, and I really believe that even if they play the Kings, although the Warriors would have some action in a first-round series against the Kings. I don't think there's much doubt about it. Uh, the Kings lost at home today to San Antonio and gave up 140 points to the Spurs. And so, I mean, you know, they, they kind of showed why everybody wants to play them as much as they've had a great year because they're the kind of team that, that hasn't been there before and you can score on it will if you're patient and, and work on trying to get key stops in critical moments to, to win those games. But again, none, none of this who do you want to play stuff matters. That was cute and fun and, and I even dabbled in it here over the last couple of days because that's where the storylines took us. But at this point, it's about how can this team win the last three games? And ironically enough, the toughest game the Warriors have left is the game in Sacramento on Friday uh, against a Kings team that would love to put a hurting on them before they even face each other in the playoffs. In fact, the Kings are going to be in a position where they can probably beat the Warriors and, and assure that they won't have to face the Warriors in in a playoff series. But But again, all of this... Who would you, who do you want to see? All that stuff at this point uh, is irrelevant because the Warriors got beat. All right, before we get back to the phone, secret sauce of the game, 
Why did the Warriors win or lose? What was the deciding factor? Brought to you by Proposition Chicken and the Warriors losing tonight, and they get beat tonight, frankly, because their big three didn't play well enough, and Klay Thompson and Stephen Curry didn't shoot it well enough on the night as Steph Curry, uh, 8 of 28 overall. Klay Thompson, 9 of 28. That's not going to do it. 2 of 14 from 3 for Steph, 5 of 16 for Klay from 3. And you know, point totals aside, anytime those guys are, are volume shooters, uh, it, it, it means that things are not exactly going well for the Warriors. So, yeah, you can go back to the second quarter and lack of focus and – letting up you can say the physicality of the nuggets getting themselves back into the game but the bottom line is if if Steph and Clay have even just normal bad games instead of horrifically bad shooting games the Warriors walk out of Denver with a, a, a easy victory tonight with the nuggets playing without the two-time MVP and Jokic but it didn't happen you give the nuggets credit again their force did did pushed the Warriors, I think, to to a breaking point where they had to work hard to get it, and they couldn't. But bottom line is the 9 of 42 for 3 isn't going to cut it, even if the opposition goes 9 for 33 themselves. So that is your secret sauce of the game for tonight. Brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, fake. This chicken goes three ways. Now available in eight Bay Area locations with the newest one being in Novato. Back to the phones we go. 888-957-9570. And that is Armand in San Jose. Next here on Warriors Wrap-Up tonight on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Armand? Hey, what's up, J.D.? Well, I do want to say that uh, I think the defense is showing uh, that they're getting better, um, even though we have these stretches. But I think the defense today is more the offense not coming through. You can only miss so many shots before you just give the opposition opportunities to run and take those long rebounds and get some baskets. Uh, and also just guys take their offense on the defensive end of the court but I got to say, you know what, Steph and Clay, you guys got to play like Hall of Famers the rest of the way. I mean, at the end of the day, this was absolutely disgusting. Uh, Draymond did miss a layup on a nice pass from Jordan Poole. He's got to play better. But Steph and Clay, like you said, being the volume shooters without the efficiency, they, I don't believe Steph and Clay are like Michael and Kobe, where they can take those high volume shots and still kind of pull it out just for the simple fact that those guys have the athleticism uh, where they can make tough layups more easily. Um, Steph and Clay, they're just not that style of player, so they really have to have that jump shot going into eight, whatever layups and cuts and passes that they get. But it was just, uh, it, it was demoralizing to me to see them just getting really careless after having that big lead and no Jokic in there. Um, another thing, too, you know what? Uh, you know, the CBA, and you'll probably talk about this during the week on your show, J.D., um, I'm glad they put that 65-game limit there. You got to play to make postseason awards because I'm tired of load management. We load managed two games in New Orleans mm. that might come back to haunt us. I hate low man, and I have to put this on Steve Kerr. Why the hell are you low managing within the first month of the season? I don't understand that. It was too early to start doing that. And to me, when you throw away games, this this ridiculous idea that seeding doesn't matter and the regular season is so poo-poo and we too big for it 
Now you see why you got to take it more serious because you put yourself in a position now where you have to beat Sacramento and Sacramento, and you have to beat OKC, and you're going to have to beat Portland, who can't wait to get the season over with. Like, that last game in Portland shouldn't even matter for us making the playoffs, but it might mean everything. So I hope this is a lesson to Steve Kerr and these guys. You better take the regular season seriously and stop all this damn low management, especially within the first month, because I don't believe you give away games, and they were never that good to do that in the first place, J.D. I do not get this. Armand, thanks for the call. You are preaching, sir. I, 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 you might be the only one that, that despises load management more than I despise load management. And I'm with you on the CBA and, and the star players. If they want their award money, if they want their first-team All-NBA money, hell, if they want their third-team All-NBA money, you're going to gonna have to pay or you're going to have to play uh, in a good chunk of the games. I like that 65 number. I think that's, that's within reason. I, I'd be honest with you, not to get off on a tangent on that, but I thought that that 65 number was going to end up being like 55. Uh, where it wasn't really going to matter much. But so, yeah, good on the league for being able to, to push the players to get out there a little bit more than, than they have with regularity. And even Steve Kerr before the game today, uh, you know, and, and this is where, you know, I like Steve a lot, but he's just, he continues to go down this path about how he wishes the season was shorter and the science behind, the you know, the, you know, the information of saying, you know, guys, players just shouldn't be playing as many games it's like Steve you could take 10 games off the schedule and you know what Kawhi and Kyrie and and Paul George and and all these other guys with Jimmy Butler like they'd all be taking the same amount of games off they're taking off now it it would just be in a shorter season if you if you shorten the season to 70 games then guys that are playing 55 games now are going to play 43 games like, like it just like that's it's not it's not going to change man it and and you know I think that's a little bit um, a little bit of a Pollyanna-ish uh, approach uh, to to thinking that that would be the cure. Yeah, play less games. Like that, that'll be the cure. Play less games. Uh, I mean, unless there's some kind of mechanism to make these guys play in a higher percentage of the games, that's that's not going to work anyway. And so I I vehemently disagree. As far as the the Pelicans thing, you're spot on, Armand, because the Warriors are in this mess with the Pelicans, and I went through right now the three-way tiebreakers and so you've got the Warriors and Clippers it's a nice lead-in to this here before we hear from Steve Kerr you've got the Warriors and Clippers tied at 41 and 38 Clippers have the tiebreaker better division record Clippers are five Warriors are six same record half game back of them you have the Lakers and the Pelicans seven and eight both 40 and 38 so they've got an extra game to be played those two teams have four games to go the Warriors and Clippers have three games to go the Lakers have the tiebreaker currently over the Pelicans because they have beaten them head-to-head three out of four this season. So the Lakers are seven, the Pelicans are eight. The, the, and you're going to hear a lot about three-way tiebreakers. You're going to hear a lot about maybe even four-way tiebreakers, although three-way tiebreakers are the most common thing that could happen at this point to close the year, and here's why. All of these teams are even now in the loss column. The Lakers and Clippers play each other. So one of those teams is going to lose 39 at that point. So let's just say the Warriors went out and the Pelicans went out and the Lakers or Clippers went out, one of the two. Well, that means three of those four teams 
would wind up 44 and 38, and they would end up tied at that point for five, six, and seven in the West. The, the loser of that Clipper Laker game in that scenario would wind up eighth at that point for the for the play in tournament. But let, let's just say it's the Clippers, Warriors, and Pelicans that end up in a three way tie. Well, the, the three way tiebreaker is head to head record among the three teams against each other that are tied together. So it's the combined record of all the times the Warriors played the Clippers, all the times the Warriors played the Pelicans, all the times the Clippers played the Pelicans. Well, the Pelicans win that. So in that scenario, so in a scenario where the where the Warriors, Clippers, and Pelicans end up in a three-way tie at the end of the year, here's the good news for the Warriors. If it's if it's those three, then the war the Pelicans would wind up fifth, the Warriors would wind up sixth, and the Clippers would wind up seventh. If if that's the way that it that it shakes out between those three. If it's the Lakers that that end up in the three-way tie, meaning the Clippers beat the Lakers and the Lakers end up in a three-way tie with the Warriors and Pelicans, the Lakers would be the five. The Pelicans at this point would be the six and the Warriors would be the seven based on conference record. The Lakers have a six and two record against the, the Warriors and Pelicans. The Warriors and Pelicans both are three and five in that group, but then it would revert to the better conference record between the Pelicans and Warriors, which currently the Pelicans have that over the Warriors. Uh, The Pelicans do have one more Eastern Conference game to go uh, as well. But again, they're going to have to, in all likelihood, match the Warriors in terms of total uh, between now and the end of the year. So in all likelihood, it ends up being in a a three-way tie between the Warriors, Pelicans, and Clippers. The Warriors would wind up sixth in a three-way tie between the Warriors, Pelicans, and Lakers. The Warriors would wind up seventh and in the play-in tournament and in the play-in tournament hosting the Clippers, who at that point would be eighth uh, because of the the, the three-way tie uh, involved in in that particular scenario. So I'm going to tweet this out at J.D. John Dickinson at the end of the show. I was working on it here right up until we were going to get on uh, with the air here tonight, but that's your that's your three way tiebreaker scenarios among the three of the four teams that could wind up tied together between the Clippers, Warriors, and Pelicans. It's the same thing if they wind up forty three and thirty nine. Like let's say a couple of these teams end up losing one of their final games and they still end up with the same amount of losses. It would be uh, it would be on on display in that vein as well. And and I'll add in the the four way tie potential as well because that still could in theory happen uh, but I haven't figured that one out yet but the four-way tie the Clippers get a bump and the Lakers take a hit because the Clippers are three and zero at this point uh, against the Lakers on the season but I, I digress on that but I know a lot of people are going to want to know uh, the scenarios with that so I'll make sure we get it out on social media uh, at JD John Dickinson here between now and uh, the end of the night here on Warriors Wrap-Up. 888-957-9570. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our hardest working player of the game, which is brought to you by AC Transit. DiVincenzo, run off the line, dribble drive, up over Gordon, flipped it up and in, spectacularly moved by Dante. He's had a pretty good game, 16 points and 11 rebounds, Tim. He had to be it's, tough to take that shot. Gordon moved good defense there. He's got 18, actually. Yeah, he finished with 18 on 8 of 12 and 7 of 8 
from two-point range, Dante DiVincenzo, 18 and 13. DiVincenzo was the best player on the floor tonight for the Warriors, plus 12. He had the best plus-minus in the game tonight, and so he was out there for 31 minutes, and the Warriors needed it. And he continues to be the kind of player that some and a lot of the Warrior role players have been much better at home than they have been on the road. Hell, a lot of the Warriors core championship players have been much better on the uh, at home than they have been on the road. DiVincenzo's been the one guy that's that stood up a little bit uh, to, on, on the road. You can tell he's kind of championship tested in the in the college days from playing in, in Final Fours and national championship games and 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 big playoff games as as well. That that he's he can withstand it and been around in that environment. I know he was injured when the Bucks ended up winning the title, but he played a lot for that Bucks team before he got injured late in the season. All right, your hardest working player of the game brought to you by AC Transit. Tonight, Dante DiVincenzo. AC Transit is looking for hard workers and offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey-level mechanics to join their team. For complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers for more information on that. All right, let's hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he addressed the media back at Ball Arena in Denver following a heartbreaker. It turned out to be for the Warriors, 112-110. to what did you see as the biggest difference maker for the way that this game ended up going? Uh, middle of the second quarter, we had total control of the game and we stopped playing and um, we just uh, lost our focus at both ends. Gave up a ton of offensive rebounds, missed box outs, offensively had several mindless possessions in a row, throwing the ball away. Uh, a bunch of shot turnovers, just bad shots. Um, I give Denver a lot of credit. I thought they played really well defensively, but we had control of the game mid-second quarter and um, and just handed that back to them. And then then it's a game, and uh, you know we gave them life, and and uh, they they took advantage of it. Might be hard to diagnose, but like, why do you think that the lack of focus kind of appeared, or, or why do you think that? Like- I don't know. I, I I don't have an answer for you. I. I um, you know, I wish I could have done a better job of, of getting them, you know, locked in at that point. I tried to take a couple timeouts and, you know, get them organized and, you know, get them get them focused. But, um, you know, those last five or six minutes of the quarter were um, really a mess and it carried over to the third. I love the way our guys uh, finished the game. We gave ourselves a chance. Steph made a great pass to Clay and, you know, back rims a, a three with a chance to win. So the guys really fought in those last four minutes. But, you know, from mid-second quarter until those last four minutes um we were mindless out there we weren't tough enough not disciplined enough and uh ultimately didn't didn't deserve to win the game in the first quarter and a half it seemed like you guys moved without the ball and passed as well as you yeah. have all season did the nuggets make any did they pack the lane in more did you guys get i it seemed like for a long stretch there were a lot of standing around yeah after that well watch the tape but it, I, I felt the same way we had um you know a, a lot of good possessions early um Ball was moving. There was a good flow to the game, and then uh, the flow uh, stopped. We had, uh, as I said, some really uh, mindless possessions where we um, we just didn't share the ball, didn't move it, um, or threw it to them, and that led to some some buckets for them and uh, got them back into the game. You mentioned not loving some of the shots that your you guys took. Just what did you think of your shot selection, and especially not great. Not great. Yeah, we were we were taking quick ones. We weren't trusting each other, uh, moving it on. Um, again, Denver played well defensively, and they forced us into some some uh, tough possessions. But um, just felt like we were um, not sharp 
not trusting the ball movement that we could get the ball to the second side and and uh, create a better better look. Uh, we took a lot of quick ones, you know, got uh, a little out of control, 15 turnovers that turned into 17 points for them after I think only we had maybe five in the first 18, 20 minutes of the game. So game got away from us. Given what's at stake in the stage we're at in the season, is it frustration, anger? How do you feel coming in the locker room? How do the team feel? Frustrated, yeah. Yeah, this is a game that's right there for us, you know, um, you know, and it, obviously a huge game with everything that's at stake and uh, in control of the game, 15 point lead, playing well. And then we stopped doing the things that got us to that point. Following up on that, I mean, three, three games left in the regular season, two of which are on the road, playoffs right after that. I know you guys have the utmost confidence in, in your guys' ability to always push through, but does there come a point where there is like you guys you have to figure this out all season long? What what needs to happen to change this? We just have to keep keep going, keep pushing. This season has been like this, you know, all year. It's been stops and starts, and just when you think we've got some momentum, we uh, we give it back, and you know, we we just have to keep pushing. There's no sense in uh, looking backwards. Uh, there's no sense in you know assessing all of that. We there's there's plenty of time for that in the off season. Um, so right now, it's just we watch the film tonight, figure out what we can do better, get ready for for Tuesday. This has been one of the more challenging years for you as a coach, just because of the stops and goes, and it seems like you guys are going to go for a run and then it kind of comes back. I mean, every, every year is challenging and it, and it, every year presents different um, challenges and adversity. And so you just, you go with it. I love coaching this team. It's a great group of guys. I have fun every day going to work. So is it frustrating? Yeah. It's frustrating that we haven't been able to uh, win more of these games, but um, every year you go through stuff. And it's, it's a big part of the job, and you just you keep moving forward. I apologize for asking Trina to answer this question multiple times, but the home road disparity, have you, have you have any theories about? No, um, I do not. <laughs> Steph obviously shot unusually two for 14 from threes. Is any fatigue? Was that shot selection? What, what do you think? Or is it just a bad game? Just a bad night, you know. He's entitled to 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 those, you know. He's had such an incredible year, and um, he's played so well. He's done so much for us, and uh, just a tough night. That's all. Yeah, tough night, and it happens. But it's a tough night that winds up putting the Warriors in a really vulnerable position here with three games to go, and one of those three at home, and a, a game against a tough Sacramento team on Friday, and then a game that should be a nice one to have in your back pocket a week from today against Portland if you need it, but you got to let it all shake out and the Warriors uh, unable to take advantage of the hot start tonight and uh, pull this one off with the Nuggets playing without Nikola Jokic has set up a frenzied finish here over the course of the final three games for the Warriors, final four games for others here uh, over this final uh, now seven days, but it's really six days because nobody plays tomorrow as the NBA takes the night off for the NCAA tournament national championship game. So everybody's back in action with games to be played on Tuesday, including the Warriors who will take on Oklahoma city and their home finale at chase center coming up Tuesday at seven o'clock. All right, just quickly running down the schedules for uh, the teams that are in this glut and, and we'll, we'll keep it to the Clippers and Warriors, Lakers and Pelicans at this point, because the Timberwolves are a couple of games back in the loss column, as are the Thunder. Suns are now a couple of games ahead of that group in the loss column as well. Looking like the Suns are, are all but locked in to be the four seed 
in the West, but I do want to get this out there for everybody to have. Uh, The Clippers, among their final three games, Clippers and Warriors have three games left. The Clippers play the Lakers. The Clippers play Portland at home, a Saturday afternoon game uh, against Portland, and then at Phoenix at the end, and Phoenix could be locked into the four seed at that point, uh, that game next Sunday. So the Clippers don't play until Wednesday, and then Saturday and Sunday against Portland and Phoenix. The Warriors, of course, have OKC at SAC and at Portland. And then the Lakers have two games against Utah. The, The Lakers play at Utah, then play the Clippers in a game where they are the road team at the Crypt against the the Clippers uh, down in Southern California. They host Phoenix and then play Utah at home next week. So one road game left for the Lakers. Well, two technically, but but one away from uh, Crypto.com Arena. And the Pelicans have a a tougher schedule, frankly. Uh, They have Sacramento, albeit in New Orleans, and the Kings are all but locked into the three seed at this point, although still an outside chance for two, although that went by the wayside with them losing at home to San Antonio this afternoon. Pelicans have the Kings, the Grizzlies in New Orleans. They still play the Knicks, do the Pelicans, uh, in New Orleans as well. So their next three are at home, and then they finish at Minnesota in a game where the Timberwolves are probably going to need that game to just stay alive for the nine or the 10. And so this thing is going to get really interesting between now and next Sunday afternoon when it's all said and done. All right, that'll do it. Uh, We'll uh, be back with you. Make sure you keep it on 95.7 The Game all day long tomorrow. And then uh, join me as I'll be back with you for for Warriors Live at 6 o'clock from Chase on Tuesday. Final home game of the 2022-23 season, Warriors and the Thunder And uh, we'll have that for you again, 6 o'clock for Warriors Live. So that'll do it. Nuggets beat the Warriors tonight. Tough one, 112 to 110. And you heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.